0: Yes, hello everyone. Welcome back to Tradey's Sam McClure and Mitch Cleary. Each week we chat the trading, buying and selling of AFL players. Mitchell, welcome. Hello, Samuel. How are you? Plenty to unpack with you.
1: Oh, sitting at the MCG on a Saturday night and yes. I thought, what a game of footy this is. Carlton and Melbourne. Felt like a Prelim final. Yes. I thought, geez, there's one man who would be absolutely soaking this up. <laughs> Carlton on a winning streak. They've knocked off the Ds in a reverse of what happened last year with Cozzy Pickett. I thought Sam McClure will be here somewhere, just soaking all of this up, and then I thought, hang on. He told me he was going to a bucks party. Yes, today. No, I, I, both can be. I can. I can do two things at once. Okay, you can walk and chew gum at the same I time. I was soaking in the game
0: via a television set.
1: Were you uh, still on that same said bucks troop? Yes. At yes. The
0: no, the boys. Uh, we watched the Matildas win. Oh, R- raucous applause when Courtney Vine slid through the what was it twentieth penalty? Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, I didn't get to see all of the blues and the D's, but I got to see the important parts. Yep. Went back and watched it. We we got through the Bucks. Good day? Good day. Yeah. I left a little, little earlier than most of the crew. So I think my head wasn't quite as sore come Sundays. (laughs) I did hear you on radio actually.
1: Yes. No, I work every Sunday. So, you know, just got to. Got to soldier on. Got to soldier on, take care of yourself. Now, importantly. Hang on. We're moving off the Bucks. No, well, did the the goal. I did receive a message actually suggesting mm. that you may have found the water on a golf swing or two during the day. I found the water once. Yeah, yeah, that happens. Yeah, I'm not a great golfer. Right, I'm not a bad
0: golfer, but I'm not a great golfer. I think it's the best way to describe.
1: It. Okay, if you're out there and you see Sam playing golf and going for any swims, hit us up at Tradies Podcast.
0: Yeah, no, no, <laughs> I could tell. I could tell a story about me and golf and and the water. But if I told it, there would be ramifications. <laughs> Did you go for a swim? I, I've had a, I've had a dip, accidentally in golf. Anyway, we don't need to talk about. It. No one wants to hear about my golf. Have you done your move? Your homework? I have. So went. So for those uh, just tuning in, or those who need reminding, Mitch hadn't seen Goodwill Hunting, which is just remarkable, really, when you
1: think about it. So we put him up to some homework. I feel sacrilegious because I actually watched the first hour last night and the second hour this morning. I didn't do it all in one sitting. Your what? I can't believe I've just admitted that. You watched Goodwill Hunting in two parts. In... <laughs> How? Why? Were you tired? No, Monday night I've got to watch all the footy shows, and you don't have to watch all the footy shows. I like to. A rephrase. Okay, well that's different. That yeah. makes you a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> um, did Kate watch? No, she actually didn't because she'd seen it only a few months ago. Right. So you actually did movie homework. I like, did purely because you you had to. <laughs> and loved it.
0: No. Do you like apples? I do. How <laughs> about them apples? Do you understand that now? Yes, I do now. And then last week when I said it's not your
1: fault. Yeah. yeah. Uh, three, two, one.
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah, go go for it. Damon three.
1: Yep. Oh, I actually reckon the professor, uh,
0: Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah. Was it Stellan? Oh, there's so many Skarsgårds. I can't I forget now.
1: I think it's I think it's Stellan. Yep. And the one vote, Robin Williams. I think. Just because Robin Williams has set such a high bar over his career. I don't know. I think I think for me, Williams gets the three, Damon
0: two, and okay. Affleck one. Affleck one. Skarsgård gives me the creeps. Okay. He just- You're I still love putting in a good performance. There's, I was thinking throughout- It's a movie the called The Glass House that he's in. Okay. If you, you watch that, you'll never
1: look at him the same. Right. <laughs> thinking, you know, Affleck and Damon's debut screenplay- Mm-hmm had me thinking, you know, I oh, know a bloke who's just written the yeah, screen. this is what I need to do. Yeah. This, was this I the know. motivation for you?
0: No. No, the motivation
1: is just get out of footy. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to abandon tradies after oh, one I'll never season.
0: abandon tradies.
1: Right. Never. That'll be a one constant.
0: Never abandon our listeners. Yeah, I'll go. abandon everything else. Yeah. That's fine. Never our listeners.
1: But no, yes, it was a
0: uh, a very good flick. Uh, before you get to the whiteboard, I was sent my own message about you today. Are you on some sort of secret mission Channel 7 today? Because you- we're out of the newsroom for a long time and no one really knew why. We've got a mole in our newsroom now. Come on. Uh, what, was, what, you've gone all red. Were you working on a story today and not trying to let anyone else find out?
1: Uh, that could be fair to say. And how are we going with the story? Like you've spoken about on the, you know, it's, sometimes it's a long grind. So that story is yet to eventuate. So there's always tomorrow though.
0: Mm, is it something that is going to surprise us? Hopefully.
1: Oh. Yeah. Is it as a lead sport kind of number? Oh, you'd hope so if you're working on it for two days. <laughs> yeah, bloody hell. uh So yeah, we'll see what tomorrow entails. So your news boss is Sean Menegola, who is the brother? No, no, the father of
0: Sam, at Geelong. Father, of course, not brother. Yeah. So Sean lets you go on these little sort of escapades
1: well, within reason.
0: Hmm. And if you don't produce tomorrow, does he sort of no, cut, no, he no. cuts the line or?
1: No, there's if you've uh, if you've got a good reason, then you can sort mm. of go on your merry way. I like when you get uncomfortable; That's my favourite. Well, I don't tend to like you know divulging everything that comes out of the seven newsroom, right?
0: particularly when you're about to become the chief. Uh, just letting you know, we're getting into whiteboard now. I've I've come loaded, loaded for nuts and bolts. Actually, I did see you with a pep in your step. The show. Have you got an era or a I I don't for often us? talk things up oh. that are my own. Because most of it's quite substandard. Actually, I did
1: see you requesting little audio notes. And oh yeah, no, no, it's it's a grab we've, for the yeah. Uh...
0: Yeah, we've gone we've gone deep. Okay, me and Scotty, the producer.
1: I did see you guys having a, a mammoth table tennis battle as the I walked R1, in. The one, two door. sets one, right. pretty pretty in me actually. Oh, <laughs> okay.
0: Whiteboard time yeah. now. Tom Barras. Mm. His name has been doing the rounds the last few days. We're recording this on a Tuesday night for uh, for everyone, as we usually
1: do. Is he staying at West Coast? Well, last Wednesday, so the day after we recorded last week, it was widely reported by a number of WA journos that he had told the Eagles that his intention was to stay. He's still on my whiteboard for now because it is a long time between mid-August and I've heard mid-October. pointing to the whiteboard
0: as you do this, even though we're, it's, a,
1: <laughs> it's an audio product. <laughs> we never know. It might end up on TikTok. Uh, all I'd say to that is- if Tom Barras has told West Coast he intends to stay, which I take him on face value, the likelihood now is that he stays. I think he had a long, hard look and, and think about Sydney, but there is two months still until the end of trade period. I'll take you back a few years. Dane Beams told a Brisbane best and fairest once that he was committed, loved the club, yeah, it was and an was willing em- to it was stay. it an
0: emotional speech.
1: Actually, then, that's a great point. They're, they're never over the line until they're playing the next year. You can't tell me Sydney... Unless they land a big fish in the next few weeks or months in terms of key defenders yep. aren't going to have one more crack. No, no, that's right. No, you're 100%. So for now, he's staying. I'll take him on face value, but he's staying on my whiteboard until the deadline rings because of the significant nature of Sydney's interest mm-hmm. and the fact that he had half his head turned.
0: Another one off my whiteboard. I would, People keep claiming like it's unfortunate. You know, like it's, it's not- them going off the whiteboard doesn't mean that I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. It does. It's not it's some not like- sort of it- scoreboard. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck. Like I'm just putting them there because they were a chance of leaving. But it is quite funny. I noticed that uh, someone sent me this screenshot of your tweet. Yeah. Announcing that he was had re-signed at Hawthorne. Yeah. And the first response was another one off Stan's whiteboard. <laughs> I love that, that they're following along. Uh, so he re for another couple of years. Yeah, really good news. We know we we talked about him nuts and bolts. Um, no, we talked about him in the in the whiteboard. Yeah, about how significant a player he was personally for Sam Mitchell. He's a best and fairest winner. He's in the right age bracket. It's just yeah. It's it's whether he ends up being when these kids get as good as we think that they're going to get. Yeah, it's what kind of role does it look like for Hawthorne uh, and and James Warple? that's that's probably the interesting part um and then I just wanted to because he's on my whiteboard as well Chad Wingard like mm. actually just started to hit really good form and then rupturing his Achilles that that's just awful it's a long-term injury what does that look like it probably means he's less likely to go to another club I can't imagine too many clubs willing to risk at his age yeah you know what, what is going to be the profile of that injury moving forward um, but but, of- but d- by the same token, like, what are Hawthorne going to want to do? You know, they might want that list spot for, some- for someone else. Mm. He has showed, though, in the last couple of weeks that he can be such a valuable player. So maybe it just looks like reduced salary and, um, you know, hopefully we haven't seen the last of Chad Wingard's best footy. It's a really tough time to do the injury, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it couldn't be worse timing. And, and timing and luck, as we've seen during the week with Nick Natanui and Paddy yeah. McCartan retiring, timing and luck play mm. such a big role in footy. As they do in
1: life. I think on Wingard, before the injury, so heading into that that game on the weekend, I reckon Hawthorne would have been prepared to do a one-year deal. Okay. But 2024 is wiped out now. So I guess the question posed from my end, Sam, is would another club have been able to come with a two-year deal for twenty-four and twenty-five, and you might only get 25 now. Well, you're likely willing to get 25 out of him. So I guess had there been a club out there willing to do that, are they still going to come to the party? I don't think there was much overwhelming interest in him at this stage, but um, yeah, fingers crossed he's not lost a footy. Just on Warpool, I was surprised doing the numbers uh for that story last night on Seven News. He's one of only five players don't, in the comp. Don't do that.
0: Don't don't what? do
1: that to our listeners.
0: Don't drop in the little on seven doing the story what? for seven news. That was the- I know you want to be chief. I know you're putting your best foot forward. But don't. Don't advertise yourself for the position. I've got to do everything this, I can. On this podcast. right? Just because everyone's listening. And that was in context will, of I where you not, saw the tweet. I will not have you come here <laughs> and stain our product
1: with, with your completely outrageous. S- I might go on 7 News and say as revealed on tradies. Yeah, that's fine. That, no, that's, that, that's good. That, the other way is completely, completely loud. Only five players in the comp sit top 10 for clearances. Center clearances and contested possessions in the comp this year, and Warple is one of five. I noticed you put that in your tweet. Well, you're sort of
0: veering into David King areas, aren't you?
1: <laughs> it's sort of like. Well, it's iPhone. I think, I I really think you just reported
0: news. Okay. <laughs> Leave the air raid siren. Leave the air raid siren on Twitter. That's what <laughs> we need. If I had been on Twitter, I just would have sent. A gif of a siren going <laughs> well, on. Well,
1: for those that are interested in our seven-year story, the other four were Neil, Christ Liberatore, bonton and Sarong. Now, we speak on Tuesday night. We're one step closer to Damien Hardu becoming Gold Coast coach. Yes. Jack Revolt retired today. Trent Cotchen's hung up the boots. Oh, a couple of big careers there. Is the third big banana at the footy club, Dusty Martin, going to be joining Richmond for pre-season next year or will he be elsewhere? Are you asking yourself that question? Because you've talked more
0: about him than I have. I'll ask you and then first and I'll answer it. I, I've said that I'm not talking about
1: Dustin. You've, opt, you've unsubscribed on the Dustin Martin email no, no, channel. I've,
0: I've, I've said my piece
1: several times
0: over the last twelve months. Been, we've had
1: new listeners. I, I met so many people at this G on the weekend who have just tuned in the last few weeks. And so we, They, they want to hear we, it again. And
0: we love you. Thank you for, for uh, joining us. And it's going to be a great journey. And the great thing about the tradies is that you can go back and listen. Right. So feel free to call for those that have to do that. And listen. I have said my Dustin Martin piece. Everyone knows where I stand on it, and it's
1: up to him now. It's his decision. Okay. What do you think, Rich? <laughs> <laughs> that was craft. My view would be he would be. Well, from what I've heard, is he's more open to it now than he was, say, eight weeks ago. Oh, this is good. This is inside. But that's not. That's not
0: like. This is why they brought you onto the Saturday Scoop. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what a segment. No, I just think with Dimmer with Kotchen and revolt going that mm. i think the door's are jar we've spoken about that a number of times on this show it will be interesting like the first conversation that damien
0: and dustin have mm. once he's announced as coach like it, the first conversation might be just be hey how are you when are you back in melbourne you're gonna grab a beer or it might be what are you doing next year do you know what i mean like how would you pitch it i find that stuff really interesting well but, but so, but I don't presume to know what Damien Hardwick wants for the Gold Coast list. Yeah. He might not want Dustin Martin at 32. I don't presume to know what Dustin wants for his mental, emotional, and physical well-being moving forward in footy. He might just want to play one more year in Melbourne and then mm. say, see you later, and we never hear from him again. Oh, he doesn't like the limelight. But he might want a change of atmosphere. And then it comes down to what Richmond once as well. I I would like to I like to put this on the table the next couple of weeks before um, trade period starts when we get into finals I'd like to do a really close look at Richmond's list mm. insofar as the the kids that they have coming through or potential lack thereof. Yeah. I actually don't mind where their list is at from a players in the hitting zone but I'd I'd really like to see Gibkiss have mm. six or seven other mates.
1: Yeah. Coming through. Do you know what I mean? I'm with you. I think 23 and under they're a bit lean. I think you,
0: I think you've brought that up on this Yeah pod before
1: but yeah i i don't want to go back over dusty i think it's i just look table. at richmond's draft hand right now they've given up that early pick for jacob hopper that they don't have yep. they're going to miss finals now they need to regenerate with Cochin and uh revolt going i just look at the need of being able to ran into the top end of the draft and what else is on that list right now and you speak about those guys in that middle age bracket short rioli bolter those sort of guys in that age bracket i wouldn't be moving any of those guys on bolton yep star um I'd be looking at, again, if I was Richmond, Dustin Martin, who still has some currency, best on ground in his last two games, or best Richmond player in his last two games in yellow and black. Yeah. Either side of a
0: rest. He and Damien Hardwick in the space of one off season would drag people through the gates. Yeah. At uh, Metricon. Is it Metricon anymore?
1: Uh, Heritage Bank.
0: It's an awful name for a stadium, isn't it? Nothing nothing against the great people at Heritage Bank, which I'm sure did great work, but yeah. Metricon sounded nice. We'll
1: grow into Heritage Bank. Will we? Yeah. I don't know if we will. Just on Richmond. So GMHBA, it sort of takes too long. <laughs> just quickly, Ivan Soldo. We spoke about him a few weeks ago. Is it Ivan or is it Ivan? I'm an Ivan guy. You're an Ivan guy. Okay. <laughs> I think whatever Ivan Marriage rolled with, I think Ivan Soldo just fought. How do you know so. one's not Ivan and one's not Ivan? I've never heard Soldo referred to Ivan. He's a premiership player. I've heard Ivan Marriage. Maybe you're right. <laughs> It it would now be very funny
0: if one of them is Ivan and the other one's Ivan Ivan Marich, Ivan Marich, I've heard the both now, yeah. Sure, you're talking about this. Maybe okay, we're... no, maybe coming from two blokes called
1: Sam and Mitch. Sam, <laughs> <Some.
0: laughs> much... we've got as much culture as the table
1: that we're doing this <laughs> podcast on. Hey, um, I think the fact that he had a look around last year, he toured JWS last year, met with them,
0: and that was widely known, wasn't it? Yeah, like Richmond was sort of okay with that. Yeah, yeah,
1: uh, decided to stay in the end, and I think the Giants. Didn't want to accommodate the money that maybe he was asking for. I'd keep watching this space on Ivan Soldo. Again, he's on the whiteboard, but I just think with Tom DeConing staying, you know, the suitors in around that conversation that had been in Tom DeConing, I think Ivan Soldo quickly jumps up the pecking order in terms of available Ruckman, you know, your Geelongs, your Sydneys. Depending on what happens with Grundy in that space, I think Ivan Soldo is going to be a man in demand in the last four weeks with Toby Ankervis coming back into the team. uh, You know, Richmond have shown this year that they're prepared to play both and they've also been prepared to play just one of them. Okay. Any more for the whiteboard? James Harms dropped last week. We spoke about him earlier in the year. He's on
0: your whiteboard, isn't he?
1: He is. I reckon there's a bit to play out with him as well. I think that's just maybe picked up a bit more, having been dropped with only three games to go on the weekend. Clayton Oliver comes back. He, he falls out of that side. There's a few young guys like James Jordan and Tom Sparrow that have sort of been picked ahead of James Harms, who's a premiership player. Good Did money. you link
0: him to Essendon
1: he, he was. He, he had a conversation with Essendon last year. Ironically, on the back of the relationship he had with Josh Marnie, who has just left Essendon yes. in the last week, who was the head of footy at Melbourne yep. and was yep, there right. when James Harms signed that long-term deal that he's expiring mm. at the end of 2024. So yeah, the Essendon stuff was there last year. I reckon it would open up if Parrish was to leave. But again, all the all the noise is that Parrish is staying at this stage. But still, we're two weeks out from finals. Essendon, every chance still to miss. And Parrish could be uh, have his mind swayed. Now yeah, it's time for this.
0: Geez, I'm excited. Oh, I can see it. I'm excited. <laughs>
1: Okay, I'm gonna do like
0: a little do like a John Wick thing here, where I'm gonna start at the end, right, and then and then build my way back. So August 30, 2018, two-time Best and fairest winner Lockie Neal is reported to want to go to Brisbane. Yes, out of absolutely nowhere, contracted for one year. September one, two days later, the start of the final series. Steve Rosich, CR Fremantle says. It's not that serious. I wouldn't worry about it. On September 8, goes on FM radio and slams the report as mistruthful. Your report? Yeah, but we'll get to that. Now, let's go all the way back. Round 14, 2016. Lockie Neal, just before they play Collingwood, signs a three-year contract extension. This is the year that Fremantle started the season 0-10 under Ross Lyon. They win three in a row. They sign Neal on three more years. Then they lose to the Pies that weekend. They lose their next seven. They finish uh, 16th on the ladder with just four wins. The only two teams that finish below them, Brisbane and Essendon. Now, it was a 2018 will go down as one of the more significant years that changed Fremantle forever. They finished 16th, which gave them pick three. They then used that and on-traded it to get Cam McCarthy from GWS. Yep, Western Australian boy, had some issues at Greater Western Sydney on and off the field. Thought coming home would be the best thing for him. Had sat out for a year at the Giants too. And sat out for a year after trying to break his contract earlier. We should do a nuts and bolts on Cam McCarthy now that I yeah. think of it. Put, put that on the nuts and bolts whiteboard, please, Scotty. They slide back as part of that deal to pick eight, which they take Griffin Logue with. And they did this knowing that. So that the thought was well, we've got pick three. If we get McCarthy, a local boy who was a first round draft pick who we think could be a star for us, but we can also only slide back five positions and get pick eight, we end up with. Two local boys, Griffin Logue and Cam McCarthy, inside the top 10. So the thought, I think that the thinking behind it was solid, right? It didn't work out. We know that. Griffin Logue, of course, has moved clubs. The Lions take Hugh McCluggage, which ends up being their pick three. So in the midst of all of this, in the midst of like everything going wrong, they've lost 0-10 and Lockie Neal thinking about leaving. They also lose their list manager, Brad Lloyd who decides that he wants to go to Carlton to become head of football, which is a role that he craved for several years. Now, that's important, and I'll come back to it, but I just wanted to put that on the table as to why why that's important. So I'm not trying to insert myself in this story, but I also am absolutely trying to insert myself in it. So here we go. I was hosting a show on SEN at 6 o'clock called Time On. Yep. uh, A name that was decided by one of my mates, Jack, after about seven cans at a tennis court. I needed a name for a show, and I was like, why don't you just call Time On? It's late in the day. Great. So- Where did tradies come from? (laughs) (laughs) Almost the same thing, I think. (laughs) Certainly wasn't your idea. (laughs) Don't look at me like that. That was nasty. So I'm working this show on SEN, 6 till 7 o'clock, with one of the great production minds in Australia, Ed Bowman. Edward Bowman. Ed Bowman. He was my first producer on Footy Classified. Yep. Yep. Uh, Footy Classified, um, long-time Channel 9, uh, then went to, to what was then known as Croc Media, which became SEN, and was basically number two there under Craig Hutchison. He was the guy that just got shit done. And then he sort of moved into more of a sales role. But I had the privilege of, for a year, having him as my six or seven producer. And Ed would get up early in the morning. He'd be at Cheeky Monkey on Swan Street at 5.45 after a run. And Ed runs? Well, What he was doing something, I assume. And he'd be reading all the papers, and by six thirty, by the time I woke up, it'd be ten ideas in a, in text message form. What are we going to do tonight? This is every day for so an he's hour. He's in a the hour. the pregame, and he's working right through all the time on. That's well, so, a, that's a so long day. then he'd go and be Hutchie's number two, right, as in a corporate job, and then at the end would come and do my show. Yep. So like a fairly fairly big big workload. So I'm walking out of time on in July one day. Ed says, "Look, it's got a- hope he doesn't mind me telling him this story. He's got a weird call off air. He wouldn't really tell me what it was about, but he sounded pretty rigid didge He said, he's got a story for you. I said, yeah, no worries. Give him my number. I've got to go to dinner.
1: chin Jin Ca-
0: Calls, it, uh, no, somewhere in Q. from memory. Maybe the skinny dog, anyway. Good palmy. Ten, it's a bit big and a bit expensive, but otherwise fine. And it's not palmy, obviously it's palmer. It's a weird Geelong thing. West of the West is palmy. Yeah, I don't even know what that means. Um, So the guy rings me. And basically straight up says, Lockie Neal's going to be traded to Brisbane. And I'm like, mate, what? Look, Lockie Neal, year left on his contract, is from rural South Australia. <laughs> as far away from Brisbane as you can get. Yeah, Why would he be going to Brisbane? There's no link there. He doesn't really know anyone there. What, what? So, mate, I'm just telling you. So I had to do an ID check on this guy, basically. He wouldn't tell me his name, but we had to go through a series of things where I worked out he wasn't making it up. And so he'd give me something that was going to happen and it would happen. And then- that's when you start to just, yeah. So we would touch base two to three times a week for about a month. And he was giving me rock solid information. Now, he since told me who, who he is and how he's connected. And I'm not going to re- reveal how that is. But I used him as my- Based in Brisbane? No. No, not based in Brisbane. But I used him as my way in. And I started working the phones and trying to work out if this was actually true. And I, I, I became it became clear quite early- that it was, but Lockie hadn't told anyone yet. Lockie's partner at the time, now wife and mother of his child children, I'm not sure how many he's got. Um, Jules was um, also a WA girl who um, was running a beauty salon in Perth, and in late August she put that up for sale. I went to the All Australian dinner on the 29th of August. <laughs> I thought you better say you went to the auction of the beauty salon. No, no, I didn't have the capital at that stage. Um, good thing to invest in though. Good cash, cash flow. Anyway, uh, August 29, I went to the All Australian Dinner. And I was armed and ready to go, to go up to Greg Swan, who's the CEO of Brisbane, and just ask him. But I never got him on his own. And he was always in a group. And I didn't want to burn the story. And it would have been weird. Maybe you would have done this. But I just couldn't like wait outside and wait for him to go to his car. <laughs> <laughs> I know you definitely would have done that. So first thing in the morning, August 30, I, went, I can't like wait anymore because we get into the point of finals, I know this is happening. I made a call to a couple of senior Brisbane people and just said, look, this is the story that I'm going with. I hope that's okay. And they said, look, we're not going to comment. We're not going to confirm or deny, but you do whatever you need to. So that's about three hours before I go on air. And I needed to do some more. You know, when you've, you've got a story, you know it's right, but you need to just make a, la- a few last minute calls. Mm-hmm. So I haven't touched base with Fremantle at all at this stage, nor with Lockie's camp, um, nor with the AFL, because the AFL usually get it fairly good. Well, the right people at the AFL usually know when stuff's going down. Especially with a club like Brisbane. Right. So I ended up having a phone call where I'm not going to say who it is because it's I don't think it's fair going back from a conversation from what's five years ago. But the person basically said, if you go with this now before everything anything's happened, because Lockie hadn't been – just keep in mind, Lockie had not gone to Fremantle yet. Mm-hmm. Fremantle know nothing. And the conversation was along the lines of, if you do this, if you screw this all up by blowing the story up, I'll make sure that no one in the industry ever speaks to you again, which really reminded me of the Liam Neeson bit in Taken, which I'm sure, as you would have said,
1: nope. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for ransom, I can tell you I don't have money. But what I do have are a very particular set of skills, skills I've acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you.
0: And I will kill you. Sorry, we'll just get... Let let me finish this before we get back to the fact that you haven't seen Taken, which has just blown my mind. (laughs) It's only years later that... Because, of course, my reaction at the time was... "Ah, Oh,
1: don't say that. Shit. You know? Like, yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to. You don't, start, you don't pick up the phone expecting to hear that on the other end.
0: No. I, I like people talking to me. Please don't cut off my sources. But I had, to, I had to take a deep breath and suck it up and go and report the story. But I wish that I'd just been the guy on the other end of the phone, to Leon Neeson, when he'd said this.
1: Good luck.
0: That would have made me look like a real... Tough guy. Yeah. See now, when I'm, when I think that I'm tough, but it's all just fake bravado because I just don't care. No, I just, I just wouldn't. I just like, okay, well, that's up to you. I'm just gonna report it anyway. Whereas before, I was like a, I was almost in tears. Like I was a mumbling, bumbling, stumbling mess. Right? I was so anxious for now, basically a week. So August thirty, couple of days, September one. But then no one else is talking about it. So this story is kind of bubbling along. So I go back to the well the next week and say, Lockie and his partner Jules are actually flying to Brisbane this weekend to spend it with Chris Fagan <laughs> and tour the facility. Like, it's gone from Bris- You're seeing every TV network notice in a camera there. It's gone from Brisbane to trying to get him to, mm. this shit is on, right? So Steve Rosich then does an interview on Mix 94.5 radio station in Perth. Like, what the fuck? Anyway, and says, this is the quote, we're very comfortable where it sits- Lockie's a fine young man, 25 years of age, been a terrific player for us, and he's got a lot of good footy ahead of him. The gentleman you door stopped at the airport, Lockie, and his partner Jules, were probably just having a romantic trip to Queensland. (laughs) He's contracted for 2019, and we remain positive he'll be contracted to us beyond 2019. There's a lot of mistruths this time of the year. Our leaders haven't even had their exit meetings with coaches. So this time of the year where there's plenty of mistruths, and unfortunately, this is the case. I'm sitting there reading this being like... So there's only two options here. Either one, he's lying through his teeth, or two, he doesn't know. Mitch, this became the story. Fremantle had no idea that Lockie Neal, clearly their second best player, who had just won two back-to-back best and fairest while Nat 5 was in his prime, was leaving because they'd gone 0-10, they'd finished 16th, Brad Lloyd was was leaving as list manager. Chris Bond was just about to get sacked as head of football. And then this is the most interesting part. David Walls, son of the great Robert, he was the national recruiting manager. Yeah. He could have easily stepped in to be interim list manager when all this was happening.
1: Uh, I know where you're getting at
0: here. But he didn't. Guess who stepped in? Steve Rosich. Steve Rosich. CEO. Now, you can't have the CEO stepping in as list manager, ever. Doesn't work at any stage. You can have the head of football step in as list manager. Yeah. You can't have the CEO because they- I understand that they've, that that Steve is an ex- excellent chief executive and inherent understanding of football. But at this stage, he's too conflicted, and they couldn't see the forest through the trees. And Ross Lyon, like and Lockie, they still get on really well to these days. So Lockie and Ross ended up having a beer at his house, and kind of you know Ross gave him his blessing. But the administrative part of of Fremantle
1: was blowing up. At this stage, had Peter Bell been on the board and he was becoming head of footy? Was, that in this t- was it, it in that, this that, period? That, that, that's, it was just about to happen. Yeah.
0: So it just became a remarkable set of circumstances where a club was asleep at the wheel and didn't know what was happening. It was the steel of Neil. It was amazing. David Noble, who was um, basically running Brisbane's football department at the time. This is yep. obviously before um, – this is after he was at Adelaide and before he became – coach of North Melbourne.
1: And he was seen as the successor for Greg Swan, the CEO, before he decided to go in the coaching path.
0: Yeah. It came out after that he had actually been in contact with Lockie for months. 2016, they were 0 at 10. Of 2018, when they were struggling as well, it became clear that in halfway through that year, that's when David started um, his contact with Lockie. So the Dockers ended up getting pick 6, 19, and 55, and the Lions got Neil and pick 30, which is just like, I, I don't know if there's been a better value trade than that Brisbane just took them to the cleaners. Go through it again. Docker's got six, 19, and 55. Yeah, and the Lions got Neil and pick 30 back. Six and 19 is still sitting him. but he was a good player at the time. So, but 19 slides to 30. Yeah, or if you want to take it 50, 55 becomes 30. Like it's, it's a no brainer. He's won a brand medal.
1: Yeah, yeah. I Brisbane's in front, but no, no, well in front. Yeah, yeah. You're not as convinced. Oh, they're still absolutely, they're in front, but I look at like. He hasn't won a flag there, and down Prestia was worth pick six on his own, and went to Richmond. I'm saying you can't. Lockie is better. You
0: can't look at value of trades yeah. with flags though,
1: because that's it's
0: more. Brisbane than one, wins more that than trade one player, but there's others out there. We're not going to. Don't even look at me like that. We're not going to- No, I'm not doing a listicle into best value <laughs> trades at any stage. I Jack Steele is
1: a future second. Okay,
0: you can do. It, <laughs> you can do it by yourself. Honestly, Done. you can. You can do it by yourself. You and Micro Mitch can do it <laughs> as a little pair. Uh, do you know what I was just when talking about? Brisbane I sort of wasn't that good in the end. the Nuts and bolts was it? I sort of talked about. great. <laughs> didn't have the it didn't have the uh, the jam and, and cream scones.
1: <laughs> what do they eat on the plane on the way over from Brisbane? It's a long flight. Brisbane to Perth. Great question. Did they watch Jumanji.
0: Anyway, maybe maybe you should do it a separate nuts and bolts on how he tried to go back to Freo. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: there's a few people that were blindsided in that whole situation too. Yeah, sort of like. Uh... Uh, when you spoke about clubs and Brisbane being on the phone when Fremantle was struggling, that had me going back to your conversation earlier this year about, and sitting on your whiteboard, the Hawthorne mid tier guys, when a team's struggling and other clubs position themselves to pounce. Yes. Okay, I just love to know, and we'll, we'll probably find out in the fullness of time, Yes, how many conversations have started with. I think the player you used was CJ. You know, Hawthorne struggling at the start of the year, a club at the top end like, you know, Brisbane on the rise at that stage, they were just starting to get all their pieces in a line. Um, how many of these deals have been happening behind the scenes for some mm-hmm. time to position themselves for the next Lockie Neal? So there is no
0: doubt in my mind that right now there is a club out there trying to poach a contracted star. For sure. Of another club. Yeah. And have probably been working on it for months.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This stuff is happening. It actually just sent tingles down my spine. Wow. Mm-hmm. Got me excited.
1: Well, it's two months until the end of the trade period. Oh, so much to happen. Oh.
0: The build-up to trade period is always more exciting than the actual thing though. That last day is an adrenaline rush. It's like a game of golf, but the drive down is more exciting. Then <laughs> you get there and you're like, actually, I'm pretty sure. Just
1: if you put them in the water.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's nasty.
1: That's nasty. And your Brazilian snapback.
0: Okay, so that was nuts and bolts. Uh, hopefully some good ones to come. And the great thing is we're going to have a whole new
1: season next year of nuts and bolts that come from this trade period. <laughs> Still some big ones to get to as well. Let's get to overs unders. Who you got? I want to talk about Ben Long at Gold Coast. Yep. Probably flew under the radar last year. I don't think it was mega money. To go from St Kilda to Gold Coast, it's a long-term deal. Four years, he got. Yeah, so he probably got that because they would not give him great money. Yeah, was it what like four hundred something? I don't know the exact figures, but it would have been around average wage. I don't think it's mega cash. It would have been, yeah. it wouldn't have been in the five or six hundred, low four so hundreds. is yeah. what I was told. Um, but the other interesting part of this is Jason Johannesson had been in talks with Gold Coast for yeah. a long time, and. If you recall, at the end of last year, Jason Johannesson had been playing purely as a forward under Luke Beveridge. Yep. Luke Beveridge had been searching for that pressure forward, the crummer, the one that can hit the scoreboard with that electric pace. He didn't have a lot of that on his on his uh, list, so he would have actually took one of his best half backs and put him forward. I got sent a photo last year, actually, of someone at Gold Coast Airport when Jason Johannesson flew in to meet the Suns. And ultimately, it went down to the Suns. If if Long chose to come, like he did, they were out of the Johannesson race. Johannesson stays at the Bulldogs. Suffered that long-term injury this year. I think we missed 10 to 12 weeks with a hamstring. But he's been pretty good at halfback. You look at the moment, Johannesson in Bulldogs best 22. Ben Long in the last fortnight can't get a game with a four-year deal mm. at Gold Coast for a team that's going to miss finals. It's just the interesting sliding doors that happens in trade period. Yeah,
0: no, it's a really interesting one. And I don't Johannesson,
1: think... a bit older, yep. had been played out of position at the Bulldogs, goes back to halfback and is impressed this year. Long, with all their injuries at halfback, they went and targeted a ready-made um, running you know, tough defender like Ben Long, and he uh, he's fallen out of their side.
0: I want to talk about uh, Jack Inman back as the sub on the weekend. Yep. Did some things where I thought it just pretty clear he's, he should be in the team. Looks a different player. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he just looks a bit not hungrier. That's not the right word. Actually, that's sort of the point that I wanted to make was that I think what he did last year gets grossly undervalued. Like, So let's be real for a second. I know we take the piss a fair bit here on this pod, but there's this growing rhetoric that's been allowed to fester around Jack Ivan and I'm not sure if it's after, if it's because or after the drugs thing I, I I don't know but there's been this sort of feeling where it's ah oh, he's just not that he's but you know not that good like you know last year was okay but Bobby Hill's gone past him and you know like I don't know if if that's a fair reflection on how most Collingwood supporters feel about him but I always sort of looked at him and went just goal kicking small forwards are hard to find yeah Right. He, he attracts the footy. He attracts attention, which is always good when it's close to goal. Like, I don't care he's kicking him He's throwing the drug stuff. I think the head-high he contact- 60 shots on goal last, last year. Mm-hmm. He had 60 shots on goal last year as a 19-year-old.
1: He kicked 40 goals, 20. Like, that's a bloody good return. Yeah. It's unfortunate the way he's perceived by the outside fans of other clubs with the head-high stuff. Yeah. Like think t- that plays in the rhetoric you're talking about? Totally. The- I- the arrival of Bobby Hill and the off-field stuff at the start of this year didn't bode well for him. He was up up against it to get his spot, and that's why he found his way out of the team. I think the the other notion around Jack Ginevan has long been his lack of pressure. So he's a goal-kicking forward, a bit like Dan Menzel. Remember him at the, at the time at Geelong? He was, you know, he'll give you two or three shots a game on goal, mm. but he might cough you up one or two the other way because he's he's running defendable, get off yeah, the leash, a bit like and he won't defend.
0: Carlton and Adelaide.
1: Yeah, so I think what I saw on the weekend for Jack Ginevan, again, we're talking uh, pure footy here, It was a different mentality of goal assists, a bit more forward pressure than maybe what he's delivered in the first 20, 30 games of his career.
0: Yeah. I mean, he only laid 34 tackles last year. So it's less than a tackle and a half a game. It's not enough for a small forward, isn't it? Particularly the way Collingwood play. But the good news is he kicked 40 goals. Mm. So he, for me, is still someone that, whether it's at Collingwood or whether it's someone else, you're going to be able to get him under the going rate of what, his statistics and potential
1: would give you, I think. And the other part of this for me is look at when he signed his last deal. So he signed a two-year deal at the start of 22. Mm. So he had a contract for 22. He signed that to the end of 2024. This was before his breakout, before he kicked all those goals you spoke about. So it's actually a lower deal. His output last year was much higher than what his contract was delivering. Jack Ginevan. Yep. And that's where the interesting part will be when he comes out of contract next in 24, if he's able to maintain this run in the side. Before we uh, move away from overs, it
0: just got me thinking about my favorite start in footy. So Jack Ginevan, I said 34 tackles in 23 games, which is a bit low. Tackles inside 50. Matthew Richardson in 1990. So one of the greatest players ever to pull in the boots. Kicked 800 goals. 1996, right. As a 22 year old kicked 91 goals, 49, right. He's had a, and he's maligned for his so goalkeeping. 100, 140 shots on goal. That was pretty accurate. How many tackles do you reckon you laid for the year? 22 games. Eight.
1: Six. <laughs> Can't reach out. How do you lay six tackles for a season? Have you watched a game in the 90s? The forwards just like, on the on the lead and then just let the ball go out.
0: I've, I've actually brought this up with him on radio. You know what his answer is? Pretty hard to lay tackles when you keep marking them, mate. <laughs>
1: is that how he talks?
0: Is that a good one impersonation? First Nation?
1: It's no good. No, it's, it's, what do you want to talk about? So it's, how about John Wumire? No, let's not get into this. As a 19-year-old, he kicked 98 goals and had 10 tackles. What year was that? 1990. We were born a little bit late, weren't we? Yeah. We still got to
0: see Riewoldt and the Loosh and Brownie.
1: The Carpet Snake.
0: The carpet Snake. Bud. Mm, There's
1: some good ones. Jason the when he was a uh, Fevolution, when he was on a- most, most underrated player that's ever talked about in football, Brennan Favrela.
0: We should do a list. Jesus. Let's get to a new
1: segment. It's called... Now, just quickly, just quickly, just quickly, just quickly, just quickly. There we have it. By popular demand. I can do that live if you want, that stinger.
0: No, no. No, no, record It's fine. Uh, And obviously, for people just who want to um, voice message in, it has to start with just quickly. Otherwise, we won't play it. First up,
1: we have Liam. Hey, fellas. Love the show. Just wondered if you could touch on why the salary cap is hang a on, floor.
0: Hang on, hang yeah, on, Scotty, stop it. He didn't start with just quickly. Oh, no. We've launched the first. Fuck, Scott. Okay, Liam gets, Liam's the warning. Okay, everyone. The 666 six, warning? Six warning. <laughs> Liam's the warning. Let's hope that Luke starts it just quickly. Otherwise, we've messed up this whole segment.
1: Hey, fellas, love the show. Just wondered if you could just touch on why the salary cap is a floor. And if the AFL would ever think about getting rid of it, well, I personally view it as a bit of an impediment to a rebuilding team having to pay well, a bunch of lower players uh, a lot of money to hit the 90% of the salary cap. Thanks. Okay. It's a fair question. It
0: is a fair question. Uh, I'll answer it my way and then Mitch, you go for it. I, I love the salary cap. Sorry, uh, rephrase. I love the concept of the salary cap. I like how it evens the competition. Um I, I I have different views potentially on the soft cap because that's you know that limits what clubs can do outside of their list. But I think same list spots, same amount of money to spend. It 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 makes for a real. uh it, it keeps the fire within every club at the start of the year and the end of the year as to what their direction is. And I think if you didn't have it, I think you just end up the best. The richest six teams are just going to have the best yeah. players all the time. You end up with an English Premier League scenario.
1: Oh, is that what you're talking? Yeah. United. So that you're, the question more around just no salary cap at all, not just removing well, the minimum.
0: Well, he said it was He said it was an impediment,
1: Yeah, the salary cap. But uh, yeah, you, you give us your thoughts. I like the way that the salary cap's structured where you have to hit 95% minimum or then you can bank those year or two and you can yeah, go I like 105. That. I like that too. I because think I'll the look, AFL's done a good job with that. Look at North Melbourne. The way they should be structuring their list, I'm not <laughs> going to be ringing... Uh, Brady Rawlings and the team down there with advice. but what The good news is you won't have to because he'll be listening. Nick Larky, Jai Simpkin, Luke Luke Davies, Uniak, they're better players right now, will be earning more in 2024 than they will be, say, in 26 and 27. So front-ending a lot of contracts in the hope that you can build culture, attract better players later when you're hitting your peak, is how the salary cap should work. Thank you, Liam. Luke? Hey, lads. Just quickly. Yes. Yes.
0: The last couple of weeks you've been mentioning situations where clubs will pay out a player's contract early in the event that they get seriously injured. Certainly makes sense from a club point of view, get those uh, funds out of the salary cap. But can you elaborate on why a player would do this? Sounds like they're giving up guaranteed money. Cheers. Great question. Mm. So I think Luke's referring to our conversation around Kurt Tippett. So he ended up doing it negotiated with Sydney to be paid less but paid it, it all up front so that Sydney would – so to Luke's point, definitely helped Sydney out because they get to pay it all in the the um, TPP of that year. But the, the negotiation, it, it's almost like a goodwill thing. Yeah. So like you're absolutely right, Luke. A player could turn around and be like, hang on, I'm owed $2 bucks a year. Why would I take one cent less than $2 bucks?" But I think the argument is, well, we owed you $2 million until you no longer became capable of fulfilling your contract. So how about we pay you more than what we think you deserve for the amount that you're going to play, and in order for us to do that, it helps us the other way by removing you from our TPP for next year. So it's it's a goodwill thing. It's the opposite of like just picking a name out of a hat. Brody Grundy, for instance. You know, it's like I heard someone say a few weeks ago. Well, if Brody Grundy Grundy wants to stay at Melbourne, he should. He should lower his his contract. So, hang on. <laughs> They're fucked. Like, what? Mm. Brody Grundy got guaranteed a million dollars at seven years by Collingwood off the back of winning two best and fairest back-to-back and being a two-time All-Australian. That's not his fault that they agreed to something ridiculous. So, should the goodwill come in it from that perspective? No, the goodwill should not because he's he is he's able. Yeah, He's free and able to play. It's up to Melbourne whether they play him in the ones or the twos. It's up to Collingwood whether they think that he needs to be forced out because they didn't manage the rest of their salary cap. That's not on him. The injury part of it is is difficult though, because yeah, I sort of I understand where Luke's coming from.
1: It's harder for the injured player. Recent examples are Dan Hannabury and Dale yeah. Thomas, from my recollection. So Dan had one year left? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think he, he signed for five. He came to a resolution with the club that I haven't obviously reached my optimum output, and I'm happy to. I think he had two years left, and he brought it down to one. Okay, something like that. Yeah, I
0: think that that rings a bell.
1: Yep. So he actually restructured his contract to give the club a bit of kickback for what they'd done for him. Yep. Um, what you spoke about actually interested me last year with the Jack Bowes example. So if the contract is back ended, I think the player is absolutely within their right to take the full deal. So Jack Bowes five year deal at Gold Coast. His last two years that Geelong ended up taking on were eight hundred thousand. 800000 for the last two years. Yeah. But he would have sacrificed money early in his contract, probably three or $400,000 a season in the first year or two of that deal mm. to ensure that Gold Coast were able to attract players at the time and then he cops more money at the end. Mm. So if I'm Jack Bowes, that's absolutely why I'm not prepared to restructure my deal at Gold Coast and I wanted to move to Geelong to see out that. The cat smoothed it out, which is within their rights which, that, by the way, that could be changed under, under new rulings in, in future. Um, but the Cats took on the 800 and 800 and smoothed it out to probably, what's that, 1.6 over 2, I'd, I'd say 2.2 2 to 2.4 over the four years. Thank you, Liam, and thank you, Luke, and thank you for being part of the
0: first ever edition of Just Quickly. What's on for the week? Did I say it too quick? No. No, just, you're very excited when you say it. Just Once Quickly.
1: Um. I always get to this stage of the podcast and I haven't really thought much beyond tonight. <laughs> it's a day-to-day world we live in. Um, Matilda, it's tomorrow night. Mm. Pumped. Pub? Haven't decided yet. You? Just watch it at home with Kate? Yeah. Okay. Maybe. No, I'm, I'm going to
0: the college lawn. Okay. With uh, one of my best mates. Yep. I was going to go with a bigger crew, but I just prefer watching important sporting events with smaller crews.
1: Yeah. You don't want to be swept up in
0: conversation rather than taking the action. Yeah, that's right. We'll just sit there and talk about how wrong Gustavsson's
1: <laughs> substitutes are. <laughs> Does Kerr start? Uh, yeah, she has to. I think she has to. Yeah. Best player in the world. I think you bring her off the bench. Scotty, you, our producer's shaking his head. You wouldn't start her. I think she played too many minutes in the last game to start her. Now have a listen to Mitch. Channel
0: 7 have got the rights, and he's talking about Lucky Knows. You're kidding, aren't you? Jesus, it's been uh, good, yeah. right, good, good eyeballs. Yeah, interesting. World Cup gets lots of people watching. Who would have thought? Great
1: platform. I really like David Bashir, by the way. Great. I grew up- The commentator. Waking Great. up to David Bashir commentating Champions League games at 4.30am. So did I. Who are you watching? Man United. Uh, you would be a United person. Good start to their season. When did you, what,
0: did you start barracking for them in November of 99? <laughs> I would have been six. Do you even know what happened in November of 99? The treble. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Okay. So you're not a fake supporter. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us. <laughs> Episode 23. That's us done. Follow Tradies or Spotify or iHeart or Subscribe on iTunes, wherever you get your pods. And if you want to ask a question, hit up Mitch at Cleary underscore Mitch or via the Tradies Instagram and TikTok accounts at Tradies Podcast. Are we doing well on TikTok? Oh, yeah. Airborne. Really?
1: As well as Oli Gunnar Solskjaer.
0: And that's where I'll leave you. See you, everyone. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to another Producey podcast. If you enjoyed the show, it would be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, subscribe, tap the bell, leave a review, or even share it with your friends. So if you want to get in touch, share feedback, suggestions, or to advertise with one of our podcasts, then simply email hello at com. Thanks for tuning in.